Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Good evening, everyone. This is Ham Talk Live, episode number 73 and a half, a tribute to Dad, WB9UKG, recorded on Thursday, July 20th, 2017. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're taking a little different turn on things. Uh, We're going to suspend our usual format for the show. Uh, I'm pre-recording this show uh, because it's um, it's an emotional show. And so uh, I'm, I'm pre-recording this one and uh, won't be taking calls and we'll uh, be a lot shorter tonight. The reason for the change for just this week is the same reason for the other show that was pre-recorded, and that's the death of a parent. A year ago, in a few months, my mother, WD9HEE, passed away due to uh, a a variety of health issues. One o'clock Monday morning, uh, my father, Delbert Rapp, WB9UKG, became a silent key. Um... For the last three months, he's been battling a fight with leukemia, and uh, things happen pretty quick. Leukemia moves pretty fast, and uh, we thought we had more time together, but we didn't. And uh, once he went into hospice, um, it wasn't even 12 hours later uh, that he passed away, and so... Things have been a little crazy around here. I, I didn't get a guest together and and didn't feel like uh, a live show was probably the thing to do this week. So I hope you'll indulge me in just remembering Dad tonight. My dad um, started out with ham radio in high school. He went to Mount Vernon Township High School in Mount Vernon, Illinois and uh, took vocational electronics there. And the teacher, Max Pemberton, K4HAX, which I met and talked to several times on the air, taught him about electronics and taught him about ham radio. And Dad never did get around to taking the test to get his license, but he always thought that was something that he wanted to do at some point. So after he graduated and and worked at the dime store for a little bit, he 
Took a job with Thordis and Meisner in Mount Carmel, Illinois, and they manufactured radios. They made some electronic parts, some transformers and circuit boards and those kinds of things. So he worked in the in the manufacturing business for a while, and and um, that's where he met Mom, and uh, they got married and lived in Allendale, Illinois, for several years. And then Dad saw an opportunity. Um, at uh, an appliance store in Vincennes, Indiana, called Westerns. And uh, they needed a repairman, and they needed somebody who did um, television repair especially. So he went to work for them, fixed washers and dryers, and fixed televisions. And uh, they tried to have kids, and after a few miscarriages, all of a sudden, I came along. And so Dad decided he probably needed a more stable job to provide for his family. So he took a job at Good Samaritan Hospital. They needed a biomedical electronic technician. So he took a job there and fixed everything from heart monitors to telephones to televisions, of course. Cut keys, made signs, fixed paging systems, nurse calls, and anything electronic he fixed it. And uh, that's where he retired from 29 years later. But as he worked there, he, he made some friends, and, and one of them was a doctor, his doctor, actually, Dr. Jackman. And uh, he gave him a box of some old electronic stuff that he was getting rid of, and, and in that box there was a code oscillator. So... One day when I was five years old, Dad got the box of stuff out of the closet and started trying to see if any of it worked. And he started trying out the code oscillator, and it made beeps. And so I had to know what was going on. In fact, we had kind of started getting into the CB craze, which was big back in the 70s, and, and so... My CB handle was a little shadow because everywhere Dad went, I followed. Everything that Dad did, I had to do. So if Dad's making beeps with this box thing, then that's what I was going to do. So I had to know about it. So he showed me how to use a straight key. And so I just started sending a bunch of dits and daws, you know, and had no idea what I was doing. But, hey, it was fun. I could make noise with it. It wasn't much later, Dad read in the paper that there was a non-credit course at Vincennes University. And if you've listened to the demo, you've, you've probably heard this story before on this show. There was a 13-year-old age limit on the course, but it was a 13-week course designed to help you get your ham radio license and teach the, the theory and the code um, to all the people who attended. So he signed up for the course. And he went on the first night, and there was a girl there that was just a little bit under the age limit. It was Carol Smith. And um, so she, he said, well, you know, my five-year-old son likes to tag along. Can, can my five-year-old son come along? And he'll just sit next to me, and, and he'll be quiet. He won't disrupt anything. He won't cause any problems. And they said, well, we're not real sure, you know, about a five-year-old. But sure, you know, we'll give it a try, bring him along, and, and we'll 
we'll see how it goes. So he brings me along. And so, again, you know, I had to do what Dad did. So he had his notebook and his pen to copy code. So I had my notebook and my pen, and I started copying code. And a lot of people looked around and were amazed that a five-year-old could copy Morse code. So Dad had the faith in me that I could do it because I already knew my alphabet, which was a little early for that. So he said, yeah, I think he can do it. And uh, I did. And, and in fact, because they were sure no one would believe it, they passed around my code test afterwards and had everybody in the room sign it to witness that I'd actually passed the Morse code exam. So then I took my... Uh, written exam and got my license and on July 17th 1976 I got my novice license in the mail and uh, dad was working overtime at the hospital and uh, I decided that I wasn't going to wait so I turned on the radio and started looking around and mom was having a nervous wreck because she didn't know how to use the radio and there was her five-year-old just you know, cruising the band. So I went ahead and made my first contact, got a hold of K3DIF in the D.C. area, and and he was a writer for the Associated Press. And so word got out, come to find out I was the world's youngest ham radio operator. And I'm, I know Dad didn't ever have that in mind um, when he took me to the class, but that's the way it went. And it was because of his encouragement and his dedication to me that I accomplished that. And 41 years later, here I am still doing ham radio. And, and many of my friends are ham radio operators and have met some, some fabulous people in this hobby and service that we're in. And it's been a big, big part of all of our lives. You know, uh, growing up, a lot of our vacations were just getting ready for a test and and traveling to Louisville or Indianapolis to, to go take a ham test. Those were our vacations. Dad made the sacrifice to buy me a computer. He bought me a TRS-80 Model 3, if you remember those things, because he knew computers were going to be a big thing, and, and he learned from you know, my experience with ham radio that I can do that and, and I can do those kinds of things. And so he thought it was good that his son learned about computers. And so he bought me a, a computer to use and he used it and I used it and I learned how to program and, and do things with it. And that was one of my first jobs was computer programming. I was one of the only kids in the school who even used a computer, let alone had one. And so I was well prepared to um, use them in college and, and in my job and um, know what's going on with it. And so his legacy continues as, as I'm teaching kids how to use ham radio, how to use computers, how to, how to do chemistry. Those are things that I learned because of Dad's commitment. He, he didn't know that that's the kind of ham that I was going to turn out to be. But he had faith in his son. And he, and he sacrificed for his son. 
and made sure that I had learning opportunities. And yeah, I might fail, but we can fix those things. We can fix the mistakes. He gave me a chance to do it. And um, I, I, I can't be more grateful for that because it helped so much in school, learning science and, and leading me into chemistry and, and thinking about uh, medical school. And, and, you know, I ended up teaching chemistry, but I've also always taught ham radio to young people. And, and we've talked on this show back um, on uh, previous episodes about how to recruit kids into ham radio and, and set up school clubs um, back on uh, episode 25, and so I won't rehash all of that. But one of the big things that we talk about is getting kids interested in radio instead of getting them interested in taking a license test. Once they get into it, then they want to take the license test so that they can do it on their own, like I did, and like many of my students have. I don't push the test. I push radio. And the ones that want to go on, they go on. The ones that don't, at least they know about it. They know what it is. They know how it's useful. But many of them have gone on and made it a hobby and a service for themselves. And so his legacy continues on through me and, th and through my students and, and, and as they pass it on to, to more. So in remembering Dad, I, I want to remember his sacrifice, his commitment, and uh, encourage you to be more like Dad to give young people a chance and let them experience the joys of ham radio and, and electronics. This week has been tough. I was telling my girlfriend, Julie, that midnight on Monday that, well, we made it to July 17th and he can't die today. We've got 24 hours to go. He can't do it today because this is the day that I got my ham license 41 years ago. It can't be on this day. And an hour later, we got the phone call. He'd been hospitalized for about a week. We got him into hospice, and 12 hours later, or actually a little less than that, that was it. We had to say 73 much earlier than we thought, and definitely much, much earlier than I wanted. I know many of you have similar stories, that your parents were the reason that you got into ham radio. And, and we've had some of those people on the show. We've talked about the Young Ham of the Year Award with Don Wilbanks and, and how that inspires young people to participate in ham radio and, and strive to reach new heights. We've talked to Sam Rose, KC2LRC, and Sterling Coffee and Zero SSC about youngsters on the air and, and trying to uh, get a, a camp together like they have over in, in Europe for young people. We've talked to Michael Coulter, WHCI, about 
the Dave Coulter Memorial DX trips in memory of his brother who passed away. We've talked to young hams like Marty Soloway, KC1CWF, like Skylar Fennell, KD0WHB, Bryant Rascal, KG5HVO, Anna Veal, W0ANT. We've talked to people that lead young people like Jim Wilson, K5ND, and Carol Perry, one of my mentors, WB2MGP. And so a lot of the shows here on Talk Live have been about young people, and that's why. Because my dad had the faith and the responsibility to make sure I was educated and had a chance to make a few mistakes and had a chance to, to learn about all of these things that created lifetime friends that gave me the experience to help students find ways to give back to the community, to learn about science, to learn about technology. As I go over the uh, obituary we've been working on for the funeral on Saturday, there's a lot of call signs here. took the obituary for the story uh, over on Newsline. I I put all the call signs in, so let me me just kind of skim this for you. So, Dad was WB9UKG. Mom was WD9HEE. Survivors include WB9VPG. His sister, Wilma, KA9JJX, who, by the way, was married to Ed, AA9EE. And his sister, Violet. And uh, his stepbrother, James Lewis, WB9ZBJ. Officiating the funeral, Ken Wells, NM9P. Paul Bears, Wesley Bunting, Robert Coyle, Jerry Elmore, Charles Hayes, Dave Anderson, AA9JK, Eric Bonham, N9KDB, Doug Hayes, KA9JJS, Butch McIntyre, AA9GH, Brian Stevens, N9TQQ. It's been a ham radio family from the time I was five years old, and I can't thank him enough for the insight to let me do that. 41 years later, I'm doing a show about ham radio. I'm working with a great bunch of people over at Amateur Radio Newsline, which they've been very supportive this week, and I I can't thank them enough. And I'm teaching young people about ham radio. So tonight's show is dedicated to Dad. We say 73 to Delbert Rapp, WB9UKG. Now a silent key. So next week, we'll be back on our usual routine. Sam Rose, KC2LRC, will be here. He'll be talking about the Solar Eclipse QSO party. And uh, we've got a bunch of great guests coming up. You can see that list at hamtalklive.com as those are scheduled in. So I hope you can join us for those. And uh, that's where we're going to leave it tonight. So thanks for tuning in, for listening. Hope I've encouraged you to uh, to help our young people. So this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375. And as always, may the good DX be yours.